Many people wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man the fellows stand, or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palms of my hands, the need for my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally. All right, we here, you know. I know y'all been waiting here on us, you know what I'm saying? It took us a while. For sure. You know what I'm saying? It's still quarantine. We got, you know, we got to move out here, yo. You feel me? <laughs> Things got to happen. But we are back, yo, for love is only. It's me, your boy, Fish Montana, a.k.a. El Pesco, with my co-host, Miss T. What's going on, Miss T? Hey, what's up? It's Miss T with the topics. We back doing our quarantine episode, checking in with everybody. T, you been all right over there, yo? You been, uh, you been social distancing for real? For real, for real? Since they open stuff back up, I've been oh, back and right. forth to my friend's house, I, I, to my best friend's house. All right. Making sure, yo. I'll be watching you. You be on the move, yo. <laughs> I feel like you be on the move. That one, okay. Right. Well, Houston, when I was in Houston last month, they See what opened I'm saying? Houston. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But hey, but we're going to get, we're not even going to get all the way into that, Miss T. You know what I'm saying? I got plugs to do. <laughs> you feel me? Twitter, not a podcast. N O T T A podcast. Hit us up on that. Look, it's quarantine. We got to be in the house, but we can still get a bag. they opening up a little bit. If you want to give us a bag, hit us up on Gmail. Just a little bit. Hit us up on Gmail. This ain't no podcast at gmail.com. Also, IG, if you want to check out the artwork, see when we want to drop all that stories, all that. This ain't no podcast. Put the at in front. Oh, I'm sorry. And for lovers, underscore T-A-M-P, put the at in front of that. Oh, we got some guests. Miss T, we got guests today. Yes, we do. You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know. All ladies Day. I honestly don't know how we keep getting guests, yo. <laughs> like, it, it surprises it's, me every time, yo. I'm like, people listen to this shit? <laughs> you feel me? They want to be on here? And I love it, yo. But yeah, this is a ladies' night. You know what I'm saying? I just, I snuck in through the back. I don't know how I'm even, I'm even here. You feel me? But uh, I got a few of my friends here. Something. You know what I mean? Good friend of mine. I got, let me start with uh, Ayana. You going to say something to the people? Hey, everyone. 
Who's that beside you? My best friend Sydney. Hey guys. What's up, Sydney? Look at y'all comfortable. I feel this looks like real. This feels real insecureish right here. Yeah, I think it's giving it's it's insecure. It's giving insecure. Don't it? Two Eases. Two Eases. Oh, I can't have two Eases. Y'all cheating, yo. I say Issa and Kelly. They the only two same ones. That's funny. Issa and Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Kelly. I'm Easton. I'm with the Spanish voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And we got someone else, another guest, been on here before. We got Miss Courtney, Court Report. What's going on, hey, yo? Hi. What's happening? Yo, you've been really making moves. You've been interviewing people and whatnot, yo. You feel me? You important. Yeah, I take it. Yeah. Take that. Take the take the compliment. <laughs> so, all this brownness on your screen. All this gorgeous brown beautiful ladies. Take take it in. Take it in. It's beautiful, yo. Uh, this, this is a good view right here. You feel what I'm saying? I mean, don't do it cuz I get permission first. But yeah, remember this. <laughs> See, I'm glad we do it. See, I'm learning. I'm going to learn today. I have a good, before I even started this, I knew I was going to learn a little something, yo. <laughs> and could probably get cursed out a little bit for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> you feel me? But Courtney, what you got? You got something to promote? You want to put something out there? Nah, not really. I'm just here. Happy COVID. Mental health awareness all the time. That's all I'm going to say. Yo, I love, I love no one has like nothing to promote. We just here to talk, yo. I love it, yo. We just here to have a good conversation. So look. What y'all been up to, yo? I just want to know real quick before we get started. Anything? How y'all feeling? You know, it's a lot of bullshit happening in the world. I mean, it's nothing new, but you know, it's being publicized more. Y'all, but, but how y'all feeling as far as when you're seeing what's happening outside? You feel me? Has it has it affected you in a way, or what's happening? Does it has it affected your everyday living, your mental? What's going on? Uh, it's definitely affected my mental. Um, initially, I. My parents were in the Black Liberation Movement in the 70s, 80s, 90s. They were in the All African People's Revolutionary Party. And um, Stokely Carmichael, Kwame Ture, was somebody who I looked at as like an uncle to me. So I was very excited when people first started the protest and everything. I was like, yes, you know, let's get this going. Let's restart it. Let's regenerate. And then just the fact that social media allows you to see so much. I always call it a blessing and a curse because it allows us to be so... Um, up to date with the news, but also sometimes we see a little bit more than we need to see. And so after a while it was starting to drain, it was starting to drain me. I deleted Instagram off of my phone and I've been really limited in my little, you know how um, the iPhone will tell you how many, you can limit your screen time on social media and stuff like that. So I've been doing that, which has really been helping. But initially I was very motivated and very happy for the unrest. And after a while, just seeing so much more civil unrest and just seeing the brutality over and over and over again, it didn't desensitize me. It just made me like drained. So I just needed a break from that. No, I feel you, yo. Cause I've, I've been feeling the same way. It's like, it's too much. You know what I'm saying? They just keep throwing it at us in our face. You feel what I'm saying? And I've always said they, they want to, they want to have us desensitized to this shit, you know? That's why they keep throwing it in our face. It's on the news, on Instagram, on Twitter. You know what I mean? And then stories are piled under other stories where we can't even. It's just like people are names aren't even being said. You know what I mean? Right. Everyone's getting caught in the in the crossfire. This is a lot, man. That's why. That's why I'm asking it because I want everybody to. I think we all need to talk about this shit. You know what I mean? Because it, obviously it's weighing on people. I think that the fact that you said. Um you know, how they're trying to desensitize us to all of it. Like, have y'all noticed they kind of already stopped talking um, about George Floyd almost already? Like, they, you know, 
that they're back on COVID and it acting like, you know, nothing really even happened. And it's kind of like all they, it is, I don't know, I feel like they, they, they're brushing it under the rug and it's really up to the people to, to have it, you know, to keep going. Right, right, right. All right. The first topic is... Let's get it. Do you think that some men tend to dehumanize women after and while dating or being in a relationship with them because of then of their inadequacies due to past relationships that didn't work out? I feel like that's for y'all. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that's my question. I think I should just sit this one out, yo. Um. So the, the question is: Do we? Do I think men uh, tend to dehumanize women after a while dating them? Or being in a relationship because of their inadequacies with past relationships. Okay, I'm gonna give you an example because I got this question from an article, and the example that they had in there was how, when Richard Pryor was dating um, Pam Greer, she helped him go to school, she pushed him to get his degree, taught him how to read, supported him, and he basically still abused her physically, mentally. And he blackballed her from different opportunities. I think that that speaks to his insecurity, you know, and also it speaks to those times back then. Um, I don't personally, from my dating experience, I could never put that kind of energy into a man. He got put that into himself. Um, that that that's not my job. That was your mom's responsibility. She, I think she might have overstepped. And, and did she ever? Were they married? I don't think so. Pam no, Green, they, um, they wasn't Richard married. Pryor, no, so. no, no, they wasn't married. Well, I feel like they can't use that situation. I mean, that's one instant. That's one instance. You feel me? No, that's what happened today. Women still do that. Where they push a man. Just, just that's like the topic we had last episode when we talked about do we feel we groom the insecure, where do we feel we groom men for the next women? That's kind of falling into that category. How women put their time into a man. Well, I was just going to say that I think a lot of the issues is that people don't state their expectations up front and say what they want, what they're expecting. So a lot of time, and I think that if you do a certain amount for a man, whether it helps him or not, he will resent you for it because he knows he didn't do it for himself. Like, I think there's Waiting a lot to exhale. No, go ahead. She's like waiting to exhale. When yeah. um, Angela Bassett. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I feel like a lot of the time it, it'll come down to a man just feeling like a lot of times men will delay themselves in relationships and with certain things they want because they don't feel like they're ready. Some men will come in with nothing and just be like, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to milk you for everything you got. But some men will come in and just be like, I'm going to keep you here because I'm trying to get here and I want to bring you with me when I'm there. It's, are you going to be down to be patient and wait for me to get there or not? Which is unrealistic because you expect somebody just to sit and wait for four years for you to get here and get the house you want, are you want the career you want, like, you know? But you know, it's crazy. A lot of men do that. Like I had a guy that I was dating where his time, um, cause he was in the music industry, didn't fit our situation where I was available and he wasn't and he he was older than me so we he basically was like you know I know you want to see me more but you know it's not I wouldn't I don't want you to wait for me so I don't think this is going to work I think we should just chill and I like that he was up 
upfront and honest, but realistically, he was older. A lot of guys our age don't tell you that. They try to beat around the bush and not tell you their plan. And that's where it puts us in the what the fuck are you doing with yourself in your life, not knowing the basically non-communication or no communication because they feel as though they don't need to tell us their plan. We should just go along with it. Exactly. I I feel like it's a lot of um, people just not giving their true intentions or if you give your true intentions, also seen from the the homegirl, listen to her, I have a homegirl and he's not ready for a relationship this is that and the third but he's really nice he does this he does that and so it's like so then they want to take him in and like help him and coddle and do all these things but he told you up front he's not ready for a girlfriend so yeah. you can do this this that and the third but that doesn't mean it's he's going to be ready for a girlfriend just because you helped him get a job after he's been laid off that doesn't mean anything he's he's thankful but that's about it i i wouldn't go as to, so far as to say dehumanize but i do think men don't always um just appreciate when a woman is building him up or even see what she's doing as building him up um even makes me think about like he said insecure but it makes me think about Issa and lawrence like she built mm-hmm. that man up she was there for him for him to be able to stand on his feet and then next thing you know he got control of pregnant but that's me being over there oh, so, wow. yeah. <laughs> i think you skipped some some parts in that but that's fine <laughs> that's fine though. i like to tell the story I, I, yeah, I'm just let you rock. i was gonna let you rock i'm gonna just let you rock <laughs> so, i'm on um skip, ig live so i'm on ig live and someone just said some men know that they prepare that they're just to prepare them for their husband, meaning they know they're just there for the ride, but the female doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never fall in love with potential. Never fall and in love with potential. Number one. Yeah. Another thing. But there, no, no. I mean, let me say that there's a difference between potential and false advertisement with men, because you can see the potential. <laughs> you can see the potential. And then they do the things as if they want to be that potential and then say, no, when you're doing things as a, as a family, like y'all already together, when the subject comes, what do you want? It's something different. Your actions don't speak, your actions speak louder than words. Your actions are saying something else. And then when we get to this point to try to figure it out, you're, you're, you're like, no, pump the brakes. Potential is a hit or miss though. I feel like. Potential is a hit or miss, but I also- I think, but I also think it's about investment. I think as women, we should not invest into a man until he's invested into us, and we should only invest as much as he invests. So if we, you only want to text him, we only go on text. You know, you want to take me to dinner, then I might, you know, you know, you know, it's like a give and take. It's not a one way street. So if I feel like I'm giving and he's not, no. but my thing is when you have someone that is investing. I dated someone for a few years, a couple years, when it got to the point where my daughter was like my mommy's boyfriend. That's when I had to pull him aside and say, hey, what the fuck are we doing? Because I have my child talking about my mommy's boyfriend and I, we don't even have a title as is and we're doing everything like a family. And with him, you know, I mean, even everything like a family, we plan to go out of town for his birthday to his friends, to mine. He's buying my stuff to go out of town. I'm buying him stuff to go out of town. Like we were in a real live relationship. But yet when I mentioned, what do you want to do? It was no, what are you talking about? Everything is cool. I can't, and I told him, I can't do this. After your birthday, this is not what you want. Then I'm, you know, it's cool. You do you, I do me. He thought I was bullshit, and that number was changed. The email was blocked. So I want to ask. Oh, he started, he started sending edible arrangements to my house and my job. I didn't even know the nigga knew my address. Hold on, hold on. Was it with, with the pineapples in it? 
the pineapples, the bear, and the balloon saying, I'm sorry. And That's I, a good I'm man. I'm sorry and I love you. That's a good man like right there. That is a good man. That is a good man. Yo, them pineapples are delicious. I said, what would he have had to do for you to consider taking him back? You know what's crazy is? I let that shit burn for almost seven, eight, nine months. I think we his birthday was May. I didn't see him again until I was leaving New York from New Year's, spending with my best friend in college who was from New York. And in the middle of fucking Times Square, like a fucking romantic comedy, <laughs> I told my best friend to wait in line for the bus. I'm going to go across the street, give me a slice of pizza to take on the bus ride back. I get to the light. I glance. He's <laughs> A guy's looking at me. I'm looking at him. And it's this nigga staring dead in my face in front of Madison Square Garden. I was like, ain't this by the bitch. This is brown sugar, and yo. I was, <laughs> the fuck I did? I was speechless, so I did this. Uh, Chucked up the deuces in a light turn, so I walked. I kept walking fast. You know you got to keep up with New Yorkers. And he, he's chasing me. Yo, Miss T, in you living in love, Jones, yo. some love, Jones, shit. Like, he came to me in the pizza place next. He was like, "So you really? It was like it was like it's here." He's like, "So you, so you really not gonna act like you don't know me?" You like, really just had a straight to DVD moment just then, yo. <laughs> it was. This shit was so long ago, like, but I still remember that shit. So he begged me to wait to miss my bus and take the bus back with him, so we can talk about what happened. So my thing we is right. When when does that conversation right, so happen though? When is huh? the, when did y'all have? When did you, all right? So you said how many months was it in? To where we you were was two like, years in. Two years? And you and y'all just had that conversation? It gradually moved to the point where it two got years. to him bringing his nephew and me bringing my daughter out to eat for lunch dates and going. We went to the circus together. Like, it, it, two. I, I don't, I'm hesitant <laughs> about my daughter being around somebody. So it, he didn't probably meet her to after like the first year. But the and back second then I was year. young. This was 2014, nigga. I had, I had a team. Like, I know. I hear that. I had a team to the point where we wasn't established. And when I would make Twitter posts, he would call me and say, I know when you're talking about me, and I know when you're talking about other niggas. And my response was, Well, what do you want to do about it? Do you want me to stop? Do you want, what what do you want me to do to make, but I'm, can I be honest? Can I be, I feel like two years in. Yeah, he should have. He should have said something. But damn, you was there too. You couldn't have brought it up before two years. But like I said, I said it when I felt comfortable enough, and I knew this is where I wanted to be. That's when I told him. Did when my feelings changed, or did you wait? Did you come? Huh? We just want to know. Uh, <laughs> Ayano was like, "I've got to finish. You got to finish that story." Is that what y'all, y'all was like, having a side combo? <laughs> No, but he popped back up a year and a half ago, and I had to cut his ass off again. He is Inspector Gadget. He's not playing. You you don't want me? Oh, now I really want you. Yo, this man is a double agent. How you find you in Madison Square Garden? I don't even remember how we reconnected this at that time, but we went to the bar one third, like after her happy hour Thursday, and then the bartender was like, yo, I got you. Come back Saturday. The bin's upstairs. So uh-huh. we, and I called him to see like what you gonna do do you want to go saturday saturday morning he ain't never respond back mm. so i made other plans yeah, i'm sleep like one two in the morning and i get a call from him and then when i wake up i'm texting it's like who is this and i'm looking at my phone like what are you talking about and i think i responded <laughs> somebody you've known for like so and so years or so but i did i wasn't 
like negative. So when I woke up and logged on the Instagram, the first thing that popped up was a picture of a girl on his Instagram saying how much he loved her and they were in a relationship. I said, oh, that was her that called me last night. But yeah, just, but two days, three days ago, we were in the bar and you were telling me how we never should have stopped talking. You were sorry for what you did. We should be engaged right now. And why I don't let you come over my apartment. But you couldn't tell me you had a girl when I just told you I had just stopped talking to somebody. I swear, we just going to have a whole episode of Miss T's stories, yo. David. That's all you're going to do no. is tell all your stories, yo. And this his nigga. Name is, his name is Rajab. No, he, um, <laughs> he's like the, what's yo from you? Yo? Nothing. I forgot I was on Instagram live and his friends were on here. Oh, my. He about to hit you up tonight. So you, <laughs> he don't have my number still to this day. He just oh, no. popped up to on Memorial Weekend. Stalker's going to stalk, I, yo. He'll find a way. I, I liked his best friend's comment when he shot him. Oh. He shot him out happy birthday. But I was on my, I forgot I was on my business page. So he must have went and looked and found my business page. Yo, this nigga is persistent. <laughs> Like we met in twenty we started talking in twenty ten. He's putting in the legwork to find you, yo. <laughs> he was going through the yellow pages and all that. No, it's the DMV too small a capital. The area that I live in, I'm on the border of DC where I can walk up the hill to Capitol Heights and his best friends is from Capitol Heights. So it's like everyone knows everybody. So if I see or I post on his page under my business page, he can see it. But my personal page he blocked. Jesus. That's a uh, that's disturbing actually. <laughs> to be honest with you, it is. Too. It's six degrees separate. Why you think I stopped talking to people here around this area? I don't mean I, to laugh, but you probably should check that out. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, yeah, Miss T, what's the next joint? All right, the next topic is: Do you feel with our current time and men, men of the millennial generation, that it's hard to talk and express your feelings when dating a black man? Actually, I don't think it's as hard as people talk about it. Is. Maybe it's because I have that personality personality that makes people comfortable and want to open up. But I just feel like because we have so much dialogue about toxic masculinity, about patriarchy, about sensitivity, tapping into your feminine. Um, if as long as it's a man who reads and who likes to like, who takes it upon himself to learn, you know what I mean? Like it's he knows it's respons- his his responsibility to find things out and to educate himself. I think we we end up usually having good conversations. Now, sometimes you come at them and they they come at they come back with a wall, and then maybe six hours later or the next day or the next week they're like, I've been thinking about what you said and blah 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 blah. But I do think it just depends on if you have a man who's actually invested in uh, bettering himself, and and learning, and uh, taking away from his ego and tapping into more of his his pathos and his logos and be like, look, I gotta break down this exterior and really learn myself and and you and just the world period i agree with you i do think it's like how we how we talk to them in order to get like to get through to them because if you come out like yeah 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 he's gonna be like i can't even hear you but if you but if you come out like like hey i just wanted to bring something to your attention i just want to talk to you real quick it's not that big of a deal but you know if you just just say what you gotta say like like you like you would normally talk to your homegirl well not like to your homegirl but you know be cool Right. I was going to say, I, me personally, I agree. I feel with certain guys, especially ones that been in relationships where it didn't work and they have, um, they're like tainted from past relationship. It's harder to talk to them. Like 
you dread, I would say I would, a certain situation, I have dreaded talking to someone about our situation because of how bad they talk about their past. Person that I like now, I told him something or I didn't, I didn't even verbally say it to him because he's the type that wants to debate and question in the middle of conversation. So I wrote him a letter and I told him and his response was, you know, okay, you're, you know, you were a sweetheart and me and him have known each other, like I said, since we were 18. And like I told him in the letter, I said, I, the reason I wrote this, I said, because I know yeah, it would have been a back and forth debate. And he was like, you're right. Cause he always questions, well, why do you feel like this? Why do you feel like that? Sometimes you're just trying to tell somebody mm-hmm. everything and then let you, let it sink in. And they don't, I, I feel men kind of get defensive when you want to talk about feelings based on their past relationships. One thing I've noticed growing up, um, cause I've been dating someone on and off since I was 14. We grow up as women thinking men don't have feelings, they don't cry, they're not upset, so we can talk to them any type of way. So when I get in my feelings, you know, or I feel my feminism, you know, thing coming on or whatever, I really want to go in, I go in. And I don't always realize, like, hold on, this person is a person, they have feelings, they have an ego, you can't just come at them any type of way. So what I've learned is that, you know, like, just like we have to come at our friends and different friends, you have different friends for different things. You can't come to every friend for everything. You also have to make sure when you're approaching a man um, about how you're feeling about something that you have to sometimes pick your words. Don't say you, you, you. You can say I, 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 I feel, I feel, or whatever the different things just to trigger them a little bit less because their first thing as a man seems to be from what I'm learning is defense. It's always defense. It's always I'm listening to rebuttal or whatever. Not so much as I'm listening to ingest what you're saying and taking some time, let it marinate and then say something. So what I've learned is like, because like it'll be later on down the line, like five years later, like you really hurt my feelings when you said like, bro, five years. Now you want to tell me you hurt, I hurt your feelings. You could have been told me I hurt your feelings. Like a lot of them hold on to stuff. Yeah, I would have yes. been trying to figure out some way to, you know, work this out. But you tell me five years later, I don't even know why I said what I said. <laughs> but one thing I really learned is just that men have feelings. I know that sounds so like. It's not, but it's, you know, it's so simple, but it's so true. Because yeah. you said it's true. I think my little, um, my little cousin brought this to my attention. He was like, I hate, and he's like, he's like 10 years younger than me. He just graduated from college. That's like my little baby. But he just, he was like, you know, y'all girls. He was like, y'all, um, he was like, y'all girls always think people have to be so tough. And then you got to think boys, even by their mothers, would tell them to stop crying, yep. be tough, suck it up. They mama's telling them this. So then it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Like now when a man said he got feelings, it's like, wait a minute, you do have feelings and you, you need to feel safe too. Like if I want you if I want you to feel safe talking to me, I got to make you feel safe um, with your feelings and yeah. being vulnerable around me. Because I was told that I was, you know, I would get vented to and I wouldn't take it to heart or I would kind of be a little snarky or maybe say some smart shit instead of really listening because now I have my defense up because you don't have any feelings. So why are you even telling me this? Because yeah, I just learned that lesson too, like like maybe two, three years ago. Yeah, so. a couple years ago. It really was like a couple years ago. I was like, God yeah. damn, thank God I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't gotta, I don't gotta fight all the time, yo. <laughs> you feel me? Like, damn, I could cry at this watching this movie. <laughs> I could cry watching a movie now. Oh shit! Cry watching Lion King because it's sad. <laughs> now, yo, Mufasa, yo, Mufasa get when he die every time, yo, thug tear every time. I've ever heard in my life was I had a, I had a friend and um he got two kids. He got a boy and a girl. 
and his son started crying. His son like didn't get his way and his son started crying. And I loved how he handled it. He did not discourage his son from crying. He said, son, I understand you are upset. He said, but listen, you know, I understand you said, but you know, save your tears. You could be sad, but you don't, you don't got to put it all out there. And he, he rationalized when he was like, now on a scale of one to five, are you sad if I broke your Xbox set? Or you said like, you know, we could try this again tomorrow set. And he was like, I think dad is more like, we could try again tomorrow set. <laughs> he, like, he helped him like navigate through his feelings. So I'm very hopeful for the next generations coming up, you know, behind us because they're going to have more you know, emotional intelligence than we do. Don't be better equipped than we are. I think that's really great. I agree. Cause this can't be just women being emotionally intelligent. Like we need, everybody needs to be on the same page. I agree with that. And I disagree as far as emotional or for the boy side. Also a man doing it or someone who has a two parent household. Yes, I would say so. But if, when, when a mom does it to a boy me personally seeing and knowing through my experience with my brother being a single mom, he became so spoiled and so, what's the word I'm looking for? When attached to my mom and I was not motivated to do certain things. Like he's 27 and has no career path. And I love my brother to death, but it's just like, maybe it would have been different if we were in a two parent household and had somebody to teach him about being you know, um, showing your emotions when to and when not to and push him in the more male aspect where he has somebody to model after of how should I say the work ethic and finding your path and career. Mine is having a mom that's always working and I don't, I don't think that's oh. fair on your mother's part though. You know what I mean? Like now, I, I know it's well, that's the reason we're in some of the stuff that we're in. It's not fair because my brother was his dad was a product of being in and out of jail due drug use. Right. And you know how how hard I go is the far as all when situations like that occur, it goes back to the Willie Lynch syndrome. Me personally, that's what I go back to. First of all, drug addiction is not a crime. That's a mental, yeah, mental health thing. I, I don't know why they put drive to black men all the time in jail for for a sickness mm-hmm. and not a crime. And that's what his, and it wasn't just his dad, his uncles, like literally majority of my uh, stepdad's uncles mostly died from drugs. I can agree with everything you're saying, just being a sixth grade teacher. Teacher, yep. How many of my kids, I don't deal with dads. When I get dads, it's it's amazing when I have dads come in and check on their kids wow. or, or respond to an email because I'm always getting moms. And like, I'm not gonna lie to you, 60% of my moms is just like, you're doing what you have to, I guess, you, what you have to do. Like, you're not really present, but I don't always know your situation, so okay. The other part of my- that lady we saw at the dragon. Listen, because I be seeing parents out and I'm just like, where are your kids? <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. No, like, whoa, don't you judge. Parents this. Parents like to have fun, Look, too. I, I am a, a team like mother. My daughter too. will be 16, and I am the parent you can see at the bar where they know my yeah. name. I got my own children. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney see, don't you parent I'm shame on here. Don't you parent shame. Situations where I got kids. I have kids who are watching younger siblings so they are taking care of the baby at four in the morning. That's the parent I don't want to see in the bar. Why are you here? Like it's a lot. The thing is, it's just like Baltimore is so small. So I'm I'm 27 years old. I'll be 28 in November. My a lot of my parents range from 
and the youngest parent is probably like 31. So it's just like, that's my age group. I see you, you're out here. It's a lot of situations where it's just like, I see mothers who are out here hustling and struggling and doing it. Like I'm the, the way I am. The thing is I don't have kids and obviously I have a lot of free time because I don't have kids. Yeah, no, you got like 20 to 30 kids any day of the week. You got kids. You don't right, have right, kids right, that right, she right, got to right, take right. home. Yeah, she, yeah. They, they go home. They go home at the end of the day. Just like after school, <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the basketball games. I'm going to the football games. I'm going to the track meets. I'm going to the, the church dance concert, <laughs> the whatever these missions these kids are sending me on because a lot of them have parents that aren't going to these things and I encourage these kids to stay in these type of activities because a lot of them don't have parents that are encouraging them to do anything but my mom's is really hustling I can't fault them for what they like my mom's that have boys some of them are trying so hard like they're talking to me I mean I've had moms in tears at parent conferences just coming to talk to me like I'm trying everything I, I can with this boy. Some And some of these boys, I realize they hate women because women are their authoritarians in every way. They're, 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 they're in charge of them at home. They're in charge of them at school. Most of your teachers are women. Mostly everything you do is going to involve a woman being in charge of you, and they hate that because mm-hmm. they, there's not men in their life. So it's just like, I can do, like I, I say all the time, the girls are easy. People talk about the girls having attitudes the girls are easy at the end of the day i'm sis okay i'm not about to make it hard for you like we chilling but the boys they fight me so bad like and it takes months to get that relationship and months to get them to trust you and talk to you and understand where you're coming from that's how my brother used to be Mm -hmm. my mom used to get calls with him cussing at the teacher or going back and forth with the teacher because he's falling asleep in class because he wants to stay up to five six in the morning right and like i said his dad was in and out of jail so one point in time it was just me him my mom got married to someone else she never was married to his dad but he his dad raised me from nine to like 14 Mm -hmm. and it was just like I I can see the change and I know like I said like I said when you have a man to correct you and let you know about your emotions and when you can cry and when you can't it's a big difference in the kids that don't that come up come up in single parent households like I'm a single mom as a sixth grade teacher I was in no way prepared. Like I did preschool first and then I came to sixth grade. When I tell you the tears, I was not ready for all the crying. And I was just like, why are you crying about this? Like, and I'm sometimes you're, I can, I, I can speak for that mom crying. My daughter is going on her, her junior year of high school. This past temporary year, dealing with stuff with her dad, who I tried to bring her, bring him back in the picture. I have cried so much this year then her whole years of living being in school mm-hmm. like it's just been so much with her sneaking around my daughter just recently lost her goddamn virginity and did she didn't tell me i had to threaten her to tell me mm-hmm. it's so fucking hard i couldn't even imagine if i had a boy as much as i wanted a boy like i really wanted a boy and i knew it was going to be a girl but i couldn't even imagine and as far as the police killing, that would that would took it to the top. So, I worry about. I got two little brothers, a twenty seven year old and a twenty one year old, one at Morgan State and for engineer, and then my other one twenty seven, not doing nothing. My fault. I was just I wanted to bring up like since we talking on this issue and like we're talking about how you know uh, black men and their emotions and things like that, but I feel like 
how do we teach to express yourself you know the men coming up younger boys coming up to you know what i mean let them be intact to that emotional side stay protected and you gotta you know what i mean because you're, you're you're a target out here you know what i mean and i feel like it's hard to find that medium when you're always on edge you know what i'm saying because we we real to be real it's like the black black men black people in general it's you know we gotta we still gotta teach our kids certain things just so they can survive in life you know what i mean yeah, but with right now we have more. It's to the point where TV shows are having to do episodes to meet our current economic standards. Like um, Grey's Anatomy did the episode where the doctor had to sit her son down and teach him how and what to do if he ever got pulled over by a police walking home. That's kind of what I mean. Like the emotions are all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be hard to get in tech with that when you're kind of, you don't know what's going on as a young kid. You're seeing your race, you, especially as a man, you feel me? You're seeing all people looking like you getting shot down. Your friends are dying. People around you are dying. It's going to make you emotional. It's going to be hard to control those. You don't know what to feel. But some people are using those, some young people are using those emotions. I know some are the ones that are writing also too. And that's like, you teach them not to get emotional, but then the other only emotion they have left is anger. And that's, I think, what is the problem with a lot of our men, because a lot of our men don't address the mental health issues or think about going to a therapist to talk to people. It's just like, like Charlemagne the God talks about it all the time, about how Black men don't like to get a therapist or talk about, you know, past traumas. Hence, that's where you get the R. Kelly's and all the other men, you know, out here who have been sexually violated as a child and then start doing it later. And then show no, the nigga shows no emotion too. Like, you feel me? I feel like I've seen I've, uh, a few personal friends of mine I've known that's been finding therapy. Just, you know, not even just they feel uh, something going on mentally, they just want somebody to talk to. You know what I mean? Men? Men. They both yes. men. Men. And that's, that's amazing. I partnered close to therapy and I'm very thankful for that. And it basically kind of helps our relationship to be have a strong foundation as well. Cause I'm actually looking for a therapist right now. Y'all know who I can uh hit up? A black therapist actually. A link right now. Yeah, thank you. So um actually I didn't forgot what the goddamn question was, but Miss T, we're gonna have to let's go to the next one. Oh. Okay. Well the next one is with Yo, I'm gonna, right, 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 right back. Two minutes. All right, go ahead. With our current racial fight for justice, do you feel that you would expand and op- and be open to dating outside of your race? And if so, would it be due to feeling safer dating someone of another race or nationality? Or are you certain that Black men are for you? I know Court wanted to speak up. So I, I, I have a preference for a Black man. I really would love to be with a Black man. Um, but right but, now, sometimes up oh, there was a but. I knew there was a button there. It's <laughs> a but, but sometimes you know it, it be seeming like black men want you to work too hard for 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 nothing. 
Yes. Um, and they don't want they don't really want to invest into you, but they want you to, to make it make it a, a cakewalk and, and they decide when they I had a, a guy tell me this. One of my male friends told me this. He's like, Courtney, I'm gonna be real with you about the climate of dating for us black men. He said to me that as a black man, like right now, because I got about 10 different chicks I can holler at right now. And he was like, honestly, you really gotta have it. And he's not even that cute. <laughs> like and he was like, um, he's like, honestly, Courtney, you're just gonna have to be patient and get in line. You just gonna, and I was like, get in line. And he was like, no, for th- these are the words he used. He was like, you're gonna have to get in line because it's so many women per one man. So he was like, he was like, guys, some guys are sifting for the right ones. Some guys are just playing. Some just really love the thrill of the chase. But he said the current climate of dating has made it so easy for a man to get what he want without having really to give anything. Sure. Yep. So when it comes to a woman who does require effort, they're kind of like, I don't know if I really want to do this because I can get the same kind of chick for less. It's like, they, they look at it like going bargain shopping and trying to bitch on sale. This one, side chicks is winning. They are. Okay. They I are. Need like two, three side boyfriends. I need like two or three side booze then because I ain't got one. I'm at the point where I didn't gave up on dating. I don't I'm even not. date anymore. Like at all. Look, if you ain't looking for somebody special right now, ain't no problem with doubling up. Men and women. You want to double up? Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> go ahead. If you ain't looking for nobody special, double up. First of all, this COVID, we can't even go outside to meet it. Started get on a dating app hinge. I'm ready to delete it. I heard people don't like hinge. I don't like it. It's too much. You tried a black, the BLK one? I'm tired of dating. Period. It's too much. I heard you could get on Christian Mingle. Ooh, I'm about to get on Christian Catholic. Mingle. I'm Catholic. I'm be, I'm be Brother Jones. Get on there. Get on there. They all heathens, girl. Get on there. I'm be on there. All right. I'm going to run the question back so y'all can hear since you ain't here. With our crucial racial fight for justice, do you feel that you would expand and be open to dating outside of your race? And if so, would it be due to feeling safer dating someone of a different race or nationality? Or are you certain you yeah, that you you love your black men and they're the only one for you? Let me tell uh, y'all a story. <laughs> like it, 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 it go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the stories. Take so, shots first. Yeah, yeah shots shot. first. Yes. Okay, you can keep your story going. So it felt like it was one of those those stories that needed a shot. It definitely needed oh. a shot. I lit my blunt. I knew I something was coming. So I went to a Christian college. Because look it up on the web. It's in um it's in Scranton. The office, is it close yeah. to Lackawanna? Dunder Mifflin. What? It's close to Lackawanna. <laughs> like, my little brother went to Lackawanna. Really? Okay, like probably like 15 minutes from Lackawanna. That's why white people. <laughs> oh my god. My grandmother told him not to bring no white girls back. Listen, because oh. that's all there was. <laughs> so. My grandma was like, "Don't come back for Thanksgiving with no white girl." Oh, good. I didn't Lord. go to Thanksgiving. I didn't go to my Thanksgiving. I might I have to cut that. <laughs> so I went. I didn't actually meet him in my school. When Ooh. you go to Christian college, there's like a week or two, in like right before spring break, where they advertise like camps and stuff. So they have like all these Christian camps over the summer. So they want college students to be counselors. So I ended up picking this random camp in like, what was it? Like the Great Lakes, oh, like that lady. No, it's a white boyfriend story. Like way, way out in New York, like upstate New York. Take a shot. Oh, oh shot, shot, yeah, shot, shot, shot. 
Damn, I did it already. Take a Wait, shot. Somebody take a shot for me, yo. Here's the black supremacy. Okay. <laughs> Woo. Terry Cruz. Drink it, Tennessee, honey, straight. Ooh. Need some water. And so I met this guy. He's white. We date when I go back to school. My school, I'm probably one of five black people in this entire campus. Wow. So this is why, because the thing is, it wasn't that wild for me because I went to Sudbrook as an art school, Carver as a school with mixed everybody. New York? No, no, no. This is in, we, I went to um, school in Baltimore for- We all went to high school together, just yeah, for yeah, FYI. So the, our art school was like definitely like a mixing pot. Like it's all types of people, but like mostly white, but like there's a good amount of black people and everything. But so, like, this guy, like, we're chilling, like, no issues really come up because when you're in Scranton with other white people, those kids I was at school with, I had no problem with. It's when I left campus that the racist shit would happen. So when I'm in school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody at school was cool. They're from, like, Michigan, upstate New York, like, Long Island, like, shit like that. Like, they're all cool. Like, everything was fine. It's when I left out of campus, then shit got racist. Mm. So I'm in my own bubble up here with these white people and my white boyfriend, like, you know, everything's fine. So I meet this guy's grandparents. Oh, shit. And this man. Here we go. Fucking Trump's cousins. <laughs> Listen, right. it, I, I'm like, I don't even know if they're still alive today. These motherfuckers were old as fuck. So <laughs> he tells me nothing about them. I don't even know that I'm meeting them. It's his mom's birthday. We go to like Texas Roadhouse or something. So like. He's standing in front of me and like moves as they're coming. So like the look on their faces when they see this black girl standing out here, like so, they said, "God dang, what you done brought here?" <laughs> and it's not like I can blend in because again, I'm the shit, only black no. girl in the town. So I'm in there. you know I'm with oh, y'all. Shit, no. These <laughs> white old people sat across the table from me and started talking about they owned apartment buildings. Started talking about their lazy black tenants, how they never pay. When I tell you, I went to the bathroom, right? Because I'm like, I am about to fucking sit here. At this point, I know in my head, like, yeah, I'm about to break up with this. Because so you, you was Molly in the pool. Listen. No, I think that was a little more intense. I was in the bathroom, in the fucking lounge, like, on my phone, texting my friends, like, I knew I shouldn't have dated this fucking white guy. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go. I'm like, I got an emergency. Some shit like Listen, that. his sister comes in the bathroom is just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't think they would act like that. And I'm just like, you didn't think your people was gonna do what you knew they was gonna do? How often they did knew. they get to interact with white people? Now they got one right in their vicinity. You knew, knew that, that she was like, oh, you it up. They would say all kind of shit. Yeah. Did he so know like, his grandparents were coming? Who was that? Yeah, I didn't know. He knew. He didn't say shit. Like his mom and dad would give you no warning. He could at least yeah. give you a warning. You gotta, you gotta bring friend. that up. That's the conversation you had before you leave the house, bro. You gotta tell them. Oh yeah, my grandparents don't like. Yeah, my grandparents don't like black people. So um, go ahead, get your shoes on. We about to leave. What? His older sister was. She was a missionary. Because again, we go to Christian college. So this is, you know, she's a missionary in Tanzania. She married an African and disallowed her grandparents from the wedding, 
from anything. She got three babies by this guy. The yep. grandparents are not allowed contact. And I'm just Great. like, I love it. Like, it's a small reparation. Good Lord. I love it. But I'm so diabolical. Back, they never go back. <laughs> I'm like, I wish your sister was there. I think your sister would have had my back. Like, she sure would. Damn. Like, she, she playing that out. <laughs> oh, she was oh, I'm gonna piss them off. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I went to that wedding, but the grandparents were not at that wedding. And again, I, I was not the only black person at this wedding, it was me. And <laughs> hey, you know what? She should probably just she just send them like Christmas cards with all her little black babies. You know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> like a ceremony, just like that. In the yeah, just like that. They all hugged up. She was doing her little, she was trying to dance. But I, I you oh, said, bless her, Becky. but she bless did Becky. the best she could, and she was moving that little that little trunk. Okay? All right, so 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 what's everyone? Oh, what's heard, everyone's answer? Or uh, do we have to move on? Mine's is way shorter. <laughs> yeah, I just so want to hear everyone's answer. Like I'm, you know, let's, let's answer this thing. I don't, want, I don't want no um, I don't want no white partner. I don't want no other race partner. It 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 would have to be like fucking cinderella like it had to be some crazy ass love story like oh my god you were raised by like all black people. he was raised like, by all black people adam <laughs> levine if you look like adam levine the one guy that i went on a date with that was white he was a orphan or something like that and he was raised by like hispanic and black people so like he was white but he was raised by, but then he still said some problematic shit when we went on a date and i was like see that's why well, do you know joke. you remember what it was i sure do so we were talking about kodak black. <laughs> i sure do <laughs> we were talking about kodak black and um he was like he liked him or whatever and i was like yeah i don't fuck with him because he said he doesn't like dark-skinned women he don't want no dark-skinned babies because yeah. he's already dark himself and i said that's fucked up like he doesn't like himself that's a you know he's showing self-hate blah blah, blah. he was like no he's dark-skinned himself so he's just saying like he wants something to switch it up like he wants somebody different than him and i'm like you shouldn't even have given your opinion because you're white and I didn't ask for that and you just made it worse. You didn't side with me like you should have. <laughs> so, mm. Do white people say that? Do white people be like, well, you know, I'm more pale, so I, I want a woman who's a little less pale than I am. Yeah, they just want something different. They want to no, spice it up. I was don't. like, um, although you will meet white, I, that's one thing about being in a school full of white women. They're just like, oh my God, like, I'm almost as tan as you. Yeah, like, I hate that shit. If I'm so, a black person, I'll have light skinned babies. And I'm just like, so okay. I used to like white, like, white men when I was younger as an act of rebellion to my pan-Africanist parents. <laughs> so I was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio and the Hanson brothers. Yes, and um, oh, Leonardo uh, was a slave master, yo. In so I, love I love Leo so much from Titanic. I was obsessed. And, and I got in the car and I called my dad Baba. That's what we. That's what they call people in West Africa. So Baba, I got in the car with Baba. He's like, I heard that you like a white boy. You want to marry a white boy? I was like, Shout yes, to my man, I, could Joe. Love, I could love whoever I want. He was like, we don't do that in this house. And so ever since then, you know, I took it upon myself. <laughs> I always knew Big Ellis was a real one. <laughs> I always knew he was real. Ellis was not had the same, you know, my daddy had that same conversation with me. My, I don't know how my daddy found out, but I was talking to this white boy named Shane. Shane was cute. He like a young Justin Timber, like when we was in high school. Okay. I was talking to Shane. Oh, Lord. And my daddy... He pulled up after school. I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, what's up? We going to get some food. Um, so who's Shane? I was like, my dad somehow called the school, got Shane's people's number, called Shane's daddy. 
told Shane my daughter can't date your son because I we don't date outside. We don't date white. <laughs> Keep that little honky boy away from my daughter. <laughs> Shane called me crying. Then Shane's dad got on the phone was like, no, we're not racist. He was, that was like, I'm so, I didn't know my daddy did that. I put my mom on the phone. My mom was mad as shit. You know Shane is a super ally right now, probably. <laughs> right, he probably he probably in the, he in the streets right now. <laughs> Shane, he protesting right now. I never talked to a what? Okay, only white guy I talked to went to high school with me, and he was and he was technically black because that's he my But Shane was he had, he had blue eyes. It's, he, and he a chef. I like we went out like last year or sometime to get Shane some. Black that, he was black. He had a black card. I'm be honest black with you. Card too. <laughs> his name was his name was Lucas. Lucas had a black card. I'm be honest with you. Every time, even if I don't know the white dude, you know what I'm saying. If I initially see a picture of a white man dating a black woman, my skin itches, yo. I don't I've like dated, it. I've dated, I've dated a white guy. I don't I've dated like it. Korean guy. I've dated a um a Filipino half black guy. I've dated a regular Filipino guy. Did he look like Molly's? Cause Molly's doing fine. Oh we're not going there first and foremost we're not going in detail but you can do the one wink or the two wink Reduce the dick size. Like oh my lord! Here we go. <laughs> we didn't first off, my, this is not a dick dick, dick podcast. Here. I would say I would date outside of my race just to see. I lost control. Like. <laughs> they were nice. I never had sex with them, but they were very, they were more intentful. I would say, like Damn. they were like, I like you, Courtney, but I don't think you like me like that. And I'd be like, because <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Cause you don't know how to respond. You know what my fear is about dating a price. Like I used to hang at the white bars downtown in DC. Like I'm talking about getting, they let you get on the bar and dance and you win free drink type of bars. So, so my thing was, my thing was if I saw a white dude, I never, I'm never the type to approach any guy that I've ever dated. Like I've literally only ever approached one. That's it out of all of my years living. So I was scared that connecting with a white guy would we have stuff in common to how how aggressive would they be because you know you're used to the aggressive of the black man but you're not used to aggressive aggressiveness from a white man and the stuff i see on tv is not too good so it, that was kind of my, my fears to even attempt to approach talk to or even uh receive a white dude hitting i don't like all this talk about white men Oh, I got one last thing to say on the on the whites. <laughs> this I talk about uh, eligible bachelors as if it's weed, right? So when I talk to my homegirls, I say it's the eighth left of black men that we can date because you have the people in jail, unfortunately. You have the people who just ain't shit. You have the people on the down low. You have the people who are married. I love this analogy. And you just have the last little bit of black men. That's the eighth right there. The nice little eighth. That and single so, half, multiple people. And they might have multiple women, you know? What, what court say he said? Get in line. But the numbers are skewing so, a little bit because uh, people, I think people, uh, the African community is really prevalent now in America. So I think that adds to it. That's and true. I, have a, I, have a, I have a feeling that a lot of black men are about to start getting out of jail for nonviolent offenses. I pray they do. But I will say that being <laughs> a African-American, a black American dating African men, both being a study abroad student in South Africa and dating African men in the States, they not the same. No tea, no shade. They just not the same. We weren't raised the same. We don't have the same values all the time. Same roles, the same things that are important to us. So dating an African-American man 
in in America as African American woman is the eighth left. And so because of that, I feel like I have more leniency to our black woman to date outside of their race than I do to black men. And that is a double standard that I will stand by. And it is what it is. The black men was like a lot of black men were saying they didn't want us because they wanted to go date they're fetish, fetishizing. It's always hard for me to say that word. But I yeah, you. I feel like that. Oh, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. Oh, when man. I was 20, 21, get over it. When I was 20, 21. <laughs> Look, I had he a, was getting into you doing, setting this up. I know. I, I know, him. yo. I had to stop him. Well, actually, I was 19. I, had, I was 19 years old, and I had a boyfriend who was going to Virginia Tech. We had met over the summer, going into sophomore year. He was going to Virginia Tech. And I went to go see him, and then he started acting weird towards me. And I noticed white girls would be all in his grill, right? And then one day I was up there and he told me that I wasn't pretty enough and I wasn't good enough. And then um, I had saw, he left his Facebook up. He was, he was interested in nothing but white girls. And then, um, and she had fucked me up because he like, he was kind of like saying like, you're not good enough. I want a white girl. Then he went and had a white girlfriend, white girlfriend dumped him, fucked him up. And then he went and got like a, um, a mulatto joint cheated on her and now it's like for some reason he's having a hard time re-entering the black women dating pond and then he even has friends who are like who will say black women are ugly they look like me and you black guys are our skin color they say they think black women are ugly so i'm like you think your mama's i've had arguments with plenty of them i'm like you think your mama's ugly they're like that's my mom i'm like no no you must think but it's a lot of men, it's a lot of black men that's that into it that feel like that and and that goes back to um, one, not protecting our black women. Yeah, I was about to say two, that goes right to the, the next de- Two, the dehumanizing, what the, this was all in one argument, uh, article about the dehumanizing of women. Yep. That's literally going back to that, what we were talking about. And that's kind of, how should I say, the stigma that we're in. And the re- one of the reasons I asked the question about dating outside the race, because one, our pond is slim to nothing. Like I said, I live in D.C., and I choose not to date any men here because a lot of the guys, I often end up knowing someone that knows them or someone that they fuck that I know, which is, could be a friend of mine. That's how how close the DMV is to the point where I've recently been dating outside of the state. Like the person I'm dating is outside of the state and I go back and forth. And even when I go visit him, the market there in Houston, in Texas is better than here. Like in the, the caliber of men, as far as, being financially stable, as being family oriented, as being down, how should I say, um, Southern raised as far as um, chivalry, opening doors, paying for stuff, Ooh. taking out trash, <laughs> opening the to actually have a job and career. How many partners opened the doors for me? Like compared to the guys here, been going there, even meeting someone. I met somebody in Houston when I went to visit my girlfriend who's a model on Instagram. And I'm pretty much sure y'all probably already seen. I'll send a picture later in the group chat. Y'all probably already seen. He's a beard model. Don't, and when don't I send walked in, don't remove me, first of all. <laughs> Shut up. I was, <laughs> when, I, when I walked into my girlfriend's party, he, he walked in. <laughs> Six five, and my friend, I had to send a video to my coworkers because they had sent me his picture. I had followed him already before I even met this man. And she said, and my girlfriend was like, he looked like the dude you talk to right now. And I'm like, nah, this nigga look better. 
this is months before when he walked in the door and then hugged my friend. And like I said, he's from Texas. That that's a southern boy. That boy got sick as a dog. And I put him in his car, got him home. He texted the next day, was like, I'm thank you for taking care of me. I'm sorry how things I wouldn't have got that from a nigga here. Never. So how did this turn? Like, I don't know like, what just happened. That's what's up. No, but the, the, the basic topic is the difference in dating in different places with black men versus the the small melting pot of options that we had. So what you're I saying is, so if you you got to get a black man in a different state, is what I heard. Yeah, I heard I heard dating on the east coast is worse than the west coast and down south. But like he, she's right though, because I went to California. I was only there for like a couple of days. The niggas was like, "What's up?" I was like, "Come on, how come I can't have this energy at home?" So you can and date so black men, more. but just not here is what you're saying. I that's what I. That's I, what I'm I hearing. So you can still date in your race, just not in your state. I do not agree here. with that. Like I don't like God, the way guys talk to girls here. Even yeah. when I, I lived in Baltimore for college, yeah, and I did not I like how they, yo, shorty, homegirl, can I talk? No, I don't. I don't like that. And then you got DC, so you ain't got no boyfriend, so you can't have friends. Like they're so. What's wrong with you? You crazy? So you will so still persistent. date black men, just not black men in Maryland or DC. Is what I'm hearing. Is that right? Yeah, they retired. I think. I right, bet. <laughs> That's all. As long as y'all still in the black pool, I'm cool with that, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to lead the state? That's fine. Always. I'm gonna send you old boys page too in the group chat. Don't you send me shit. Take me out. <laughs> I'm out. No, lead. Take me out. That's a that's an option. <laughs> just take me out of there. I'm good. Mission accomplished. Y'all don't need, don't need me it, anymore. Just, I'm gonna send him the link to the page to his page on Instagram. Nah, I'm good. I'm, pretty, I'm a block that nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What? But no, let's go back. You can't to block. You can't block a text message, asshole. Let's uh, let's get back to the protection though. I want to see why y'all. Why do y'all feel like we aren't being protected? Well, I'm sorry, y'all aren't being protected as black women from black men. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm, um, first, so I can um excuse myself. What I was <laughs> going to say is, I feel as though. And me and Cindy have had many a conversations with men at the bars and shit like that. They love to give their two cents. Men, black men will protect us women. They'll put their heart and soul into everything. If you are ugly or if they think you're ugly or if you're not their mother, sister, cousin, god sister's friend, they have no connection to you. They don't give a fuck. Whereas with women, black women, I feel like if you are a black man, you're my brother, Oh, you're my father, you're my grandfather, whatever. I have a connection to you, whether I know you or not. But with men, it seems like they have to have some type of either familial or sexual connection to you for them to want to protect you. And they've said it out their mouths on more than one occasions when we're, because this one right here, she's a firecracker. She loves to get men going. They'll try to buy us drinks. And she'll be like, so what are your thoughts about feminism? (laughs) After they bring us our shots of Hennessy. She'll be like, Damn. Like she'll go off, and they'll hey, be like, "You know yeah. what? I'm gonna just go over here." Yeah, <laughs> and, but they'll, and they'll try to and they'll try to battle with her, and, and then a lot of times, trash and, and a lot of times, it comes out to being if you're not attractive or if I don't know you, I'm not protecting you, and I think that's bullshit. And it's just like, yeah, when it comes down to it, if that's how you feel, then just say that's how you feel, but don't don't come out here saying. You're a protector of women. You you respect women because you don't respect all women. Like when it comes down to it, you don't. 
like you respect women that you feel like you can bring home with you. You respect women that you feel attracted to. You respect women that you feel like you can have a conversation with, but you don't respect all women. I look at men disrespect women on a daily basis. Like, I don't know what's been going on lately. And I'm like, maybe it's just because things are filmed. Like, obviously these things have been happening before, but like, I'm just looking at the things I'm seeing on Twitter. Like, a girl getting put into a dumpster, a girl getting harassed. I'm just like, oh, this shit is exhausting. Like, leave, like, for what? To um, ha- the approach of men and how I respond to when they talk to me, I changed it. Cause like I said, I told you before, which yeah, it's gonna get sad, but my girlfriend was killed cause she rejected a dude. So when guys try, try to talk to me, I often laugh it out, smile, I, I put on an act just so I can know I can get somewhere or leave that situation safer. Yeah. And that's something, like I said, women don't talk about. I have a fake Uh, phone number. I have a fake phone number on my phone that if you call it, it'll light up my phone just like it's regular. Like it's like a text now number. Just because of of how many times have you been caught in the awkward situation where they're like, well, let me call you now. And it's just like- So what I always Always say your phone died. So what but I, what but I we shouldn't have to do that. And what, what kills me the most is the thing that I've been seeing, especially with like on recently social media, it's been some with like these exposure pages where people are posting, where people have raped them. And like, and I'm seeing people be like, and I'm, I'm seeing women comment and be like, he never did anything to me. So, so that means that he couldn't have done anything to anybody else. Like, I'm not, I'm not, my thing is, if you're falsely accusing someone, I feel like you should be charged to the fullest extent. But just like, well, I, I don't know, who, remember who said it, probably Amber Rose or somebody was just like, yeah, if 50, tell you, if 50 men tell you somebody's a hoe, you'll believe it. But if 50 women tell you somebody's a rapist, you're questioning and saying, oh, well, well, I never got caught that vibe from him. And I never thought that from him. Like, yo, what the fuck? Like, that, that, that's how that works. These are regular, regular people that you work with and hang out with and smoke with and chill with. They're rapists. Like, and you can't get past that because that's your friend. Like, did you see the page, the R. Kelly page that his assistants made yeah. against oh. the, the victims? I'm like, bitch, are you serious? And it was a white bitch. I'm like, bitch. And I wanted to say, serious? I wanted to say, like, I agree everything with Sydney said because, like, as a man growing up, we. Honestly, I wanted to say, like, I, I just, like, through the past year, I've noticed that behavior in men, you know, and friends, you know what I'm saying? Not, like, not, like, rapey behavior, but, it's like, as far as the <laughs> conversation, you know what I mean? As far as how we talk to women, how we look at women, you know what I'm saying? Because we weren't grown, like, to be real, most of us, majority of us, when we around a group of friends, we wasn't taught to, like, talk about y'all in a respectful manner, you know what I mean? If you want to be real. Like, we in high school, coming up, college. That wasn't the conversation, really, majority of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, we actually had to go through, like, again, we got to go through certain situations, got to educate ourselves and make ourselves better because we grew up, like, listening to fucked up shit, fucked up music. You know what I'm saying? Our uncle's talking a certain way. You know what I mean? Even our, maybe our grandmother, our grandfather's talking a certain way about women. So, Isn't the worst a black man trying to be like, oh, hey, mom, can I talk to you? Oh, and you'd be like, no, I'm good. Well, he's like, fuck you, bitch. You'd be like, 
That happened to me a couple times. And that's what, and, and seeing how aggressive they got, and the people, and then a couple times, what will piss me off even more, they would do it in public. They were so comfortable doing it in public, and nobody would ever check that brother or make sure you as a woman are safe to get away right. from him. So that's why I think when a, when a guy is like, oh, hey, mom, whatever they say to you, I'd be like, uh, I'm like, oh my God, hey, how you doing? I, I try to be nice, even if I don't want to. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, oh my God, you are so sweet. Yeah, but my nigga would kill me if I if he saw you on a bit in my phone. He'd be like, for real. I'm like, he would he would go off. I'm like, oh my God. But I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? I end up fighting a dude. What? Man. <laughs> It's fucked up, bro. It's fucked up. That's, <laughs> we do gotta do better. We gotta do better. We do have to do better. I agree with what Garrett said, but like a lot of the shit that like I can even remember people though. It's it's a lot of stuff with people with men maturing and understanding what they've done in the past. So I would say that just like over the years, I've received a lot of apologies, and it's just like yeah, like I'll take your apology, but also. If you're not gonna forward this apology to everyone else you lied to or made seem a way about it, then I don't give a fuck about it. Like I'm getting messages like, "Yeah, I'm sorry I told people blah blah blah." Oh, you're sorry you lied. So if you're not forwarding this to everyone with the high school, with I don't really give a fuck. Like you're telling me this now. I'm glad you're growing and maturing and changed, but I have no interest. Like it's it's almost like men feel entitled to a relationship with you whether it's friendship or just cordial and it's just like nah like it's people that you block and like yo i'm good on you i appreciate your apology but like i don't want to be your friend like i don't want you to see what i'm up to i don't want to know what you're doing and and men feel entitled to i apologize so why are you not like good and it's just like bro i don't fuck with you (laughs) like really when it comes down to it and and men men don't accept that easily. Sorry, it's something guys. that I've realized. Like men really don't accept the I don't fuck with you very easily. Man. Uh fuck I'm man. Sorry, I got <laughs> I want to, um, I want to uh, input put some input in there. Can you uh, say the last question one more time? What y'all was last talking about? Oh, what I yeah, I said uh do you think we can make a change as far as uh you know the mindset of men protecting the women? protecting our women or do you feel like uh it's too late like it's like it's already set in stone oh yeah yeah yeah. all right that so i feel like of course it's not too late i mean Mm -hmm. the world is not ending so not like you know to talk about it's always always room for enlightenment it's always room for growth men women everybody we all need to be continuously learning and growing and um ladies actually i'm going to put this in the group chat it's um this podcast i listen to this movement that i'm part of called girls track and it's amazing and you can learn about uh it's they have this thing from june 1st to june 30th it's called black history boot camp and we're learning more about black women every day they're trying to get a million women to walk every day to reduce the chances of cardiovascular disease which we have a high chance of as black people, whether we're a woman or a man or um, non-binary. Um, so 
we all have to do the work. Growing up in the black power movement, having parents who instilled drink, like drilled the shit into me. There was times where I rebelled or decided I didn't want to really listen or like I took what they said and that was it. But now that I'm grown, I have to do the work myself. I have my own responsibility to do the work to find out more about my history, about my people, especially the black women who are under highlighted in our community. I don't know if y'all know this side note, but Shirley Chisholm, when she was running for president, Thurgood Marshall was against her. Jesse Jackson, all these men that we like idolize today, they didn't fuck with her. They I don't were idolize Jesse Jackson. Fuck him. I'm saying we, you know, we quote unquote money ears. We idolize, we rever, we say they're amazing. They were against her because she wasn't what, what the shits that they was with. You know, she was a so feminist at the end of the day. Let me tell you what it was when it comes to black men like uh Jesse Jackson. They have uh the, the oldest, so the oldest fraternity in America, all this black fraternity is called the Grand Brulee. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like Sigma Psi Gamma, something like that. But they're called the Grand Brulee. It started in the 1920s. They said the reason they didn't like women, black women succeeding, because they said black men should succeed first because they were supposed to take care of the house. So it didn't make sense for a black woman to lead because the black man was supposed to get it first and then whatever was left and then the women can get to that. Oh, we can take the scraps. That's fine. Do you think the black men felt like that after coming out of slavery because they have been enslaved and beat and, and, and wanted to be and yes and, and were how should I say viewed as the lesser side of the two do you think that's why it changed where they switched it up to them wanting to provide and be that of the provider, the money person, or the person that handles the money or takes care of them and be educated because it's like. That's very valid. But I also think that um, men, black men look at us as their opponent when it's like, baby, I'm trying to work with you. Like I, I could cry right now talk about that shit. Like we are trying to work with you. We care about you. We love you. We stand by you a hundred thousand more percents than we even want to probably we love you more than we want to and that's real shit but it's just like don't look at me as your opponent they've been trying to break us and divide us for so long that i'm responding to a lot of systematic things that we need to deal with as a people like when i was talking to the other day on twitter he was like you know certain things i feel like we shouldn't be talking about in front of white people we shouldn't be talking about period in a public setting and it's just like this is what it is this is how it is this is what's going on and we have to address these things in order to be strong as a unit and that's just it is what it is. In order for us to progress, we have to tackle our own issues within our community. And we can all feel respected and heard and loved and trusted and, and protected so that we can move forward. Amen. Right. I think that's a good way to end it, Joe. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, real quick. How did y'all celebrate Juneteenth? Oh, y'all, I used my white guilt to get somebody to work for me. What I told so, you, what I tell you, I told you, use your what black you privilege to your advantage, Joe. Use that black so, privilege. Somebody worked for me for work. That was great. And I had a cookout with my family and it was beautiful. What'd you say? Did you like, I mean, thing. this is the holiday. They freed the slaves. So, I mean, I guess I, I could that, work. I, I just posted <laughs> on a little Facebook, little Facebook uh, work group. I was like, I know this is a stretch, but if somebody could work for me for Juneteenth, I'd love to celebrate and spend time with my family. Oh, I man. had three people respond back. Like, oh my God, I would love to be. I would love to help. I would love. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. you fucking help me. Yeah. Okay, you used all the buzzwords too. You know what I'm saying? You gotta use them, yo. 
They was like, oh yeah. shit, if I don't say nothing, I'm racist. She had the, she had the, Amy, the Amy fingers typing like, yeah, I get real professional. <laughs> oh my gosh, I should give her some, I should give her my PTO, shouldn't I? <laughs> I think so. And they was trying to give me their PTO, and I was like, I'm a travel nurse, you can't give me PTO, but if you could, Man, I would, I would oh. can we give her PTO, can we please? Tell them to swing that my way. Stay proud. Stay proud. All that. So yeah, we, we, we getting on out of here. You know what I'm saying? First off, I appreciate all of y'all. You feel me? For coming in, educating of the listeners and me, because I'm I can be dumb sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, giving your opinions on how you feel on black women. I want all y'all to 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 have the as much success. You know what I mean? I want y'all to be protected and all that. You feel me? Cause we all friends here, you feel me? We got we gotta grow. You know what I mean? Let's do and, it. And thank you for letting the girls take over. And um one thing I'm gonna try to work on, which I'm gonna give you um the information to him so he can spread it to y'all and put in the group chat. I think once COVID is over, uh my gold gate team, we were thinking about having like a really big, like just kind of like kumbaya get together. Wind so, down. No, no, no. Like I kind of more so when COVID is really like out of the way. Yeah. No, I said a wind down. Well, like I finally wind-down. realized my last point. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness! Real Come on, out, <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. My last point was it was actually um piggybacking on court or um tears. I don't remember who said it, but somebody said <laughs> basic. I think it was tears. Um, it's not too late for black men, but it is your responsibility. It's as if a, a white person was reaching out to us about what should I do? I'm white. I don't know what to do with my privilege. Da, 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 da. Go on Google. Buy some shit out, go on the podcast app, go somewhere. Oh, don't wow. ask me. So with I feel the same way with light skins. Love you to death. Love you to death too. They the stressful. Light skin and they the stressful. Men, you find oh, out you free. This light skin person. You girl. know. Okay, cool. But that was sitting Google in the corner free. at the bottom of my screen. <laughs> Google is free. Find it for yourself. It's not too late, but don't ask me for help. That's all that's that's all I got. What do you mean? Hold oh, what? How you gonna end it like that? Yo, what the fuck? I'm saying like I want you. It's not too late, but you have to take it upon yourself. It is your responsibility. No like initiative is what she's saying. To find out more about Black history and everything. It is your responsibility as a man to find out what does it mean to have male privilege. What is it? What does misogynoir mean? What it? What is Black feminism about? It you have the tools at your fingertips, literally and figuratively. So I'm don't treat black woman books. Ask for my labor of love to help you figure some shit out when you can do it yourself. And on that note, I think we should put one in the air together. And I will light this shit up right now. Only got problems with that. Because I got I got to do some reading apparently. Do some reading, and that's why I said I'm sent to the girl trek thing. Y'all heard it black here. Therapy. Y'all heard it here. You know what I mean? Shout out to Miss T. in my living room. I'm in the bed. Shout out to Miss T. Shout out to Courtney. Shout out to Ayana. Sydney dipped somewhere. Shout out to Sydney. I don't wish she went. I think she went to get some water. She needs some water. We taking all these shots. There you go. <laughs> she about to, she feeling it? <laughs> she feeling it right now. We, we signing off. We signing off. So look. <laughs> Twitter, not a podcast. N-O-T-T-A podcast. Hit us up. Gmail. This ain't no podcast at gmail.com. IG, this ain't no podcast. And for lovers, underscore T A M P, put the at in front of that. And the we at in front of that. In front of that, we are out. You've been waiting for apologies I never ever gave you. Left you out to drown. Was supposed to save you. Oh.
all you wanted was my love. I wasn't able to tell my pride and lies. Knowing you've invested so much time, baby, I should have told you that I too needed closure. Oh, closure. Oh, closure. It makes us closer, closer, closure. I'm sorry that my pride didn't let me die your life. Oh, closure. Hey. Oh, closure. Girl, let me hold you, hold you, 